Hello and welcome back to the nudist colony. Low T, no T. Good time podcast, new metal review podcast. My name is Ross. My name is Brent. It's hard coming up with um, on the fly um, things every time I try to do something. Mm-hmm. Ross, I uh, hate to spring this on you like this, but uh, what's happening? We got some music jamming on back here that's not corn. So wild. Hell yeah. It's really kicking in, though. You want some metal, baby. That acid I just took is hit. <laughs> so, Ross, uh, I don't know oh if you're aware God. of this or not, but uh, <laughs> this episode is coming out on your birthday. Oh, fuck, it is. Let's follow the leader to birthday land for one Mr. Ross Lecti. He's crossing the barrier of four decades on this planet. That's right. And, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to, um, you know, put this out there as a celebration of you. You're the one who came up with the idea for this podcast. I put the rest of it together yeah uh but uh <laughs> it was your general idea <laughs> but uh yeah i just want to say happy birthday thanks man and uh it's it's literally all downhill from here try not to fall totally as here. i can attest um but uh but yeah yeah just wanted to celebrate with you real quick thanks man and like when people think new metal they're like the beatles and it's like uh, like a kind yeah. of a precursor you know mm-hmm. i mean just listen to this baby if that ain't new metal, I don't know what is. That snare pop. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there's a. That's, a fun that thing. surprised me. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> You're grooving to it there for a minute, but I was like, I don't think he's he's caught on yet. Nope. <laughs> so just let it play out. But um, today we're going to discuss the third. It's like the ending of a trilogy for New Metal uh, in that it's the third album by Korn. It's the first Mm. three-peat we've had on this show. Yep. And uh, yeah, man, it's something to behold, you know? Korn was the first band to have a sequel album, and now they're the first band to complete a trilogy. And uh, whether or not that's a quality trilogy, well, I'm sure we'll discuss that. Quadrilogy? Huh? Quadrilogy? Quality trilogy? No, sorry, it was quality. Okay. <laughs> I was like, did Move I pass it? Did I misspeak? That's so unlike me. I'll edit this episode. <laughs> Don't worry. So uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about "Follow the Leader." Came out in yeah. April, uh, and it actually came out on a day where two other albums came out. I don't know if we want to reveal what our, our next two albums will be. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> we want to do that. Okay. Fuck yeah. Well, uh, let me let me get to that uh, that document real quick. If it's not on a document the doc. directly in front of me, I, I won't be able to parrot back this information. I've uh, consistently tapped on the wrong one multiple times at this point, so this is all working <laughs> out. But Follow the Leader came out on August 18th, 1998, as did two other new metal albums. The next one is Devil Without a Cause by Kid Rock, and that's what we He's going we'll, platinum. <laughs> he's going platinum. Uh, and uh, that's the album we will discuss on next uh, the next uh, album can, review episode. Can, can I be candid with you? Sure. I'm excited for this one. Well, I don't want to be, but I feel like there's going to be some mileage we can get out of it, you know? Oh, we're going to, it's going to be a double, it's going to be a two-parter. I hate Kid Rock, but that first album, 
I jammed the fuck out of it back in the day. It's a little bit of a banger. It is. Like every once in a while, I'll revisit the scratching on Where You At Rock. And I was like, yeah. God, it's fucking good. It really Over is. here with some queers in the 40s of beer. Oh, yeah. That oh, was my own lyric. Can you believe Kid Rock has some problematic lyrics on on that one? He drops he drops the N-bomb with uh-huh. a hard R. Yep. Well, as long as we <laughs> don't say it, then, uh, nope. then we're okay. Also that day, that very same day, the initial first album by a band called Orgy came out. It's called Candy Ass. How does it feel? That song was everywhere. I never heard of the... Uh, what, who did the original version? I want to say Monday. Yeah, I want, Well, that's the name of the no, song. No, it's the name of the song. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. I wanted to say Blue Oyster Cult. That's why it like <laughs> gave me a, a brain fart there for a second. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Asked and not answered. Uh, New order. New, New order. order. There we go. Right. Uh, so that would be the the next one in line. But yeah, a, a big day for new metal. We yeah. usually save the the discussion of like where is new metal at this point. I think it's uh, here in a big bad way if we're dropping three new metal releases yeah. on the same day, and it's at the it's in like mid August as well. So like the it's toward the end of summer touring and all that stuff. But right. uh, all of these bands and and uh, you know I guess you could consider Kid Rock a, a band, you know, a musician. Or hey, whatever. Twisted Brown Truckers. Um, but they were all like dropping singles, you know, in like probably May. Of I will that not year have this Josie erasure on my podcast. <laughs> that is the one thing. It's like fuck. I really do like his relationship with Josie. They seem like really good friends. You know, friendship goes a long way with me. Three foot not with a ten foot dick. <laughs> Wild. Wild oh, man. man. What a time. What a time to be alive. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the uh, episode. Let's see. We're doing uh, episode 21 now. So episode 22 is going to be Devil Without a Cause by Kid Rock. And then 23 will be Candy Ass by Orgy. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. 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 Um, do you remember my cousin Cody? Yes. He's like a, I think he's like six, seven years younger than we are. Um, Disgusting. Yeah. Uh, but whenever the, the Kid Rock album came out, um, he was probably like six or seven, maybe. I don't know. He's like, he was young. Uh, and um, we uh, all, he hung out with us. Like he, he was much younger mm-hmm. than like me and my friend, like my brother and um, his old, his older brother. We were all kind of close to the same age, but he was the youngest out of all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all got into the kid, that kid rock devil without a cause album. And the first time he heard Joe C rapping. Yeah. He, I have never seen anyone laugh so hard in all my life. <laughs> he was crying on the floor laughing. And he would like quote Josie lyrics to us all the time because he thought it was the funniest shit in the world. It is. Like it sounds like a Kids Bob yeah. version of something. But then you listen yeah. to the lyrics like, oh, this is fucking filthy. Yeah. But like I feel like Josie knew what he was doing. He's like, you know, swinging for the fucking fences. Oh, for sure. You know, you get a feature from Josie on a track. Oh. It's going to be disgusting. Triple platinum. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, but today we're talking about Korn's Follow the Leader. Uh, like I said, it's the third album uh, yeah. from them, uh, released on August 18th, 1998 on Immortal Epic Records. Uh, band is all the same, still the same members since the beginning. Jonathan Davis on vocals and bagpipes, head on guitar, monkey on guitar, Fieldy on bass, and then vocals on the quote-unquote hidden track, uh, Earache, My Eye, and then David Silveria on drums. Wait, you didn't say who did the lyrics on earache my eye oh uh uh cheech marin 
That's right. Did he do the lyrics? I know it's yeah. like a Cheech and Chong Yeah, he did song. the lyrics. Yeah. He did? Okay. That's Cheech. I went back and listened to the old version of the song because yeah. I'd never heard it before. <laughs> it's, it's wild. I mean, it, it really is. <laughs> like, it's it's a somewhat uh, faithfully covered version of that song. Uh, yeah, yeah. But by Korn. Yeah. It's like when Korn it did rules. The, the cover of Word Up. I was like, okay. I mean, like, this sounds like Word Up, but also by Korn. Uh, additional vocalists on this album, Fred Durst on All in the Family, Trey Hardson on Camel Tosis, a fun oh, name to far say. Side. Yeah, Far Side. Uh, Ice Cube on Children of the Corn, and uh, yeah, Cheech Marin on Earache My Eye. Now, I thought it was fun that Korn covered Wicked, which is an Ice Cube song, on their sophomore album, and then they got Ice Cube as a feature on this one it's fun yeah it's a lot of fun. i wonder if they i wonder what ice cube thought like surely they sent him that track to listen to to get like clearances or whatever sure i wonder what he thought of it because i think he liked it because they uh corn did several songs on uh ice cube's album which came out around this time uh oh, ice really? cube had an album that was out that i think they did like four or five like musical tracks for like musical backing tracks for um and they're actually pretty good um, we might have to slot those into the next uh, secret episode or something. Yeah, yeah, that's good because I yeah secret track. Hidden well, track. not not the next one because we've we just recorded that one. We've got diff- we got like Fear Factory follow up stuff and then like corn stuff on that one. But uh, it'll, it'll the, the, the one after that <laughs> yeah. maybe yeah. if we remember. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this was recorded at NRG Recording Studios in North Hollywood, Los Angeles, produced by Steve Thompson, Toby Wright, and Corn. So R- Ross Robinson wasn't. An official producer on this. Nope. But I read that he was like a vocal coach for Jonathan Davis. He was there. He was there. Punching the shit out of Jonathan Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) He was punching him in the vocal booth. That is fucking insane. I love Ross Robinson. I mean, he's a he's a wild man, you know, the wild man of Borneo. So uh in addition to that. Uh, like Ross Robinson, he's a, a staple of new metal, right? A, a, yeah. a pioneer, you know, oh, for kind sure. of behind the scenes. Yeah. But he was there producing the very first Korn album and then like peppered out throughout the timeline up to this point even, right? Yes. Also, another person who is part of that same uh, general genre of mm-hmm. new metal um, atmosphere. Yeah. A video director by the name of Mick G. Da, da, da. Uh, he directed everyone's favorite Terminator movie, but before that, <laughs> he he directed the "Got the Life" music video yes, by Corn. Not his first music video. He he directed some shit with uh, Sugar Ray. But um, I went back and I speaking of yes, uh, some uh, we're gonna get the uh, Mark McGrath, the Watcher, uh, is gonna make an appearance this episode. So for all you oh. Mark McGrath heads out there. <laughs> <laughs> sit tight just mark mcgrath himself he's like oh what are they gonna say they like me <laughs> on the show we do like you mark you know what uh you can have a third chair on the show anytime anytime uh but i, I went back and i watched the two music videos for this album which yeah. were got the life and um fucking freak on a leash uh got the life directed by mcg such vibrant like almost eye shockingly piercing saturated colors in that which is such a departure from like the what you would think of like being associated with corn yeah but like it kind of works like with with the the idea i was a game changer of a video i remember that video came out it got played nonstop on mtv it got retired it was it's considered like the first music video to be retired on trl TRL. total request live hey 
Hey, it's me, Carson Daly. Have you ever seen someone that's milk toast? Well, that's me. <laughs> the most charismatic man in the world. I fuck. Christina Ta- Tanya Aguilera. Wait. <laughs> Tanya Aguilera. <laughs> <laughs> no, what was uh, Tara... She, she took a crowbar to the shin of my heart. Oh, she's the one that got hit? Oh, fuck. fuck. I'm going to go drink. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Okay. Um, let's talk about the sales of this bad boy. Like uh, the gangbusters. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is like the highest selling and most successful album from Korn to date. Yeah. Um, it peaked at number one on four charts, including the Crazy. Billboard 200. Imagine like, a metal band peaking, getting the number one spot on four separate music charts. Exactly. And this is when pop, mu- like pop music is always popular. That's, that's sure. why it's called pop, right? Oh. I know, oh my dude. God. Hey, hey, man, you go to nudist college, you just might learn yourself something. <laughs> uh, but uh, at this time, the, the biggest um, elements of pop culture, in pop music specifically, were boy bands and then, like, sexy lady women vocalists mm-hmm. or whatever. But somehow, like, Korn cut through, like, all of that. Yeah. And they made it to the top. They were, like, consistently voted number one on TRL until that video had to be retired. People just got fucking sick of seeing it, I guess. TRL was wild. It was, man. Because you'd have Christine Aguilera, Backstreet Boys, here's Orgy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what? The fact that you could even say Orgy on, like, yeah. something that's, like, aimed at, like, teenagers or whatever is, is wild. Uh, but the album uh, album went five times platinum in the United States. And uh, that's unheard of crazy like even bands that have released albums around this time probably still have it gone like oh. one times platinum yeah like uh do bands even go platinum anymore i don't like i don't like, think so like you the, can't sell enough records maybe you count downloads i guess like maybe like streams drake or taylor swift probably can go platinum yeah uh without too much of an effort but like man like Corey Haim. Corey Amy. I mean, yeah. wait, uh, what's the wrong one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways. Uh, but yeah, so it, it's just wild sales yeah. uh, that are unheard of at this point. So New Metal is here in a big, bad way. And, and, and like the, the greater popular culture are taking yeah. notice. This album is what broke through the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like everything leading up to this, you know, it was like has been like kind of poking that ceiling, you know, just poking on the outside like trying to trying to get in there this album got in yeah. um this album was huge this is like my mom knew like Dude, got don't, the life. don't fucking talk about your mother okay okay i won't no, not for real ross's mom's pretty hot she, uh she i got cool <laughs> your mom is cool she got she hey my mom was listening to like alternative music um like with us in the car when we were like five six years old like uh i was listening to nirvana when i was like seven or eight like Mm -hmm. she was playing you know she was a huge like nine inch nails fan um when we were like little kids and so that's kind of it was kind of unique for uh, a mother uh because especially like in our small town most moms were not into um that weird devil music, but my mom, she, she loved that. We listened to uh, the local alternative station. Yeah. That was all we listened to. 
Um, and uh, yeah, so so I, I I got I got really lucky with with her. She's she's a very very cool woman. And I'm she very she lucky. is. That's yeah. my memory of her as well. I mean, she's still with us, but well, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like I haven't hung around her listening to music uh, since we were younger. Yeah. But um, yeah, she she always had like a, a hip sense of music listening. Yeah, she loved Gravity Kills. Oh my god, like, that was one of her Great. favorite bands. Great. Well, it should be everyone's. Yes, agreed. Well, god, we got to get to that on the show. How my mom is a guest. <laughs> That'd be fun. She'd, she'd be down. Yeah. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, did you know their, their uh, sophomore album was going to be called Whore? Uh, but they couldn't get it. That wasn't marketable, so they changed it to perversion. Um, support tour info for this album. Uh, there's a promotional tour from uh, mid-August of 1998 through early uh, September of 98. And then Korn started something called the Family Values Tour in fall of 1998. Oh, yeah. It was, Something it was an else. event. Like when I heard about this, I was my pants almost exploded off of my body, because I'm like, this <laughs> this seems way too good to be true. Yeah, like all of these artists that I like are all together. And Ice Cube, no disrespect to Ice Cube, I was just not familiar with his right. oeuvre. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know. Simply didn't know. Uh, support acts included Limp Biscuit, Ice Cube, Orgy, Incubus, and Rammstein. I totally Crazy. forgot about Rammstein. Yeah. They were, yeah, they were in there. Motherfuckers act, I forgot about Rammstein. <laughs> Rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> uh, they they had low ticket prices, usually $30 at most. Awesome. Uh, oftentimes less than that. But they would like pack a whole stadium. Yeah. It's so fucking smart to do it that way. I know it's not always feasible, you know, but I guess you got to, you got to kind of hedge your bets. Like, sure. do you need these like giant ass LED screens or do you want a rotating stage where, Limp Biscuit can join you to play All in the Family. Uh, I'm going to side with the latter one. Or do you want to see Fred Durst come up out of a toilet getting his dick sucked by a dominatrix? I'll take option B, thank you. <laughs> um, and then, uh, for whatever reason, the band opted not to play Europe for that tour. I don't know if there's like uh, any specific reason behind that, but I saw it noted on Wikipedia, so I had to note it here on the podcast. French stink. Oh, sacre bleu. <laughs> Did you see Limbiska de Sacra blew me away? <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, yeah, Follow the Leaders recognized as Korn's breakthrough album and also the album that launched new metal into the mainstream. For sure. Uh, so it's here to stay bump, uh, for a little while. Uh, but then, you know, uh, we've we've got just a few years before us. Just we, We're on the downside. <laughs> we're, we're, we're at the peak. We're at the peak. Yes. This is the peak. And it's just we're getting ready to rapidly slide down that that hill. There are a few little like oh, we peaks some, here and there, yeah. but you know what surprised me is in my mind I always thought that um, uh, significant other came out before this. Mm. I was wrong. Yeah, um, and you're man enough to admit it. I, I look. Yeah. I'm forty. This is forty. This is forty. Um, yeah, there was a uh, there was a lot of uh uh. I, I kind of got into the the behind the scenes uh, recording of this. Did you did you come across anything about the corn TV? Uh, real quick, oh, uh, yeah. significant other didn't come out till June twenty second of nineteen ninety nine, and yeah. I can see on our list here that we've got maybe ten albums to get to before we get to that. So uh, we we got some time before we get to a second Limp Biscuit album. We can pare that, that down. That's how <laughs> that's how popular. New metal is becoming. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, there's just like way more. It's like really ramped. It's like the singularity, you right. know? Like yeah. we're, we're getting to new metal singularity at this point. So yeah. <laughs> it's going to be wild. Sorry, uh, what what oh. was your question? Um, 
I, I, I was digging into, uh, so, so there was a thing called Corn TV, which I guess like every like Thursday uh, during the recording of Follow the Leader, they would have like little TV shows and like kind of behind the scenes of them recording. Oh yeah, making this album in particular, right? Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, I actually found, I don't think it was like the entirety of it, but it was like a bunch of clips from it. Um, and it was really kind of fascinating to watch. This is where Mark McGrath rears his oh. beautiful head. Wow. He is in the background. Of course. Just watching. Mm-hmm. Uatu the McGrath. Uatu the Uwatcher. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so I, I, I did also, uh, there was a couple things. Uh, apparently, Toby Wright, the producer, uh, Jonathan Davis didn't want to come in and lay any vocal tracks until um, Toby Wright gave him an eight ball of Coke. Well, I mean, that just makes sense. That's just that's, part of it. That's science. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to make a corn album? <laughs> yeah. Give an eight ball, and we're not talking <laughs> pool tables. Um, uh, another fun fact, Todd McFarlane, um, the reason they wanted to work with Todd McFarlane, mm-hmm. um, which the cover of uh, Follow the Leader is illustrated by um, uh, uh, Greg Capullo. Yes. Greg Capullo uh, did the pencils, by, inked by Todd McFarlane, yeah. and then Brian Haber- Haberlin, Haberlin did colors. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, the video was uh, done by the same animation studio that did the Spawn uh, HBO show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had like a lot of crossing of the swaps there, whatever. Crossing of the swaps. Crossing of the crossing of the swaps. Crossing of sacred blue. But Todd Ta- McFarlane called them the '90s doors, and that's why they <laughs> wanted to work with. Them. I read that quote too. I did not write that down on my notes. I was like, no one's going to believe this. What? Even if I could cite the source, no one's going to believe this. But I'm glad you you brought I that to it. the table. Um, apparently, whenever uh, Jonathan Davis uh, was recording It's On, which is the first track of the album, mm-hmm. there were people fucking all over the studio. That's so insane to me. I've got uh, I've got a specific uh, uh, little little excerpt here. Okay. Uh, in a 2013 interview, the band revealed that they partied heavily during the production of Follow the Leader, which if you watch the Corn TV, uh, you can find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's only like 30 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, they are all clearly drunk as shit and high as shit the entire time. Like, they're fucked up. Yeah. Um, uh, Davis, uh, 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 with massive amounts of alcohol, drugs, and women in the studio. Davis explained further, saying that while recording the vocals for It's On, there were people getting blowjobs right behind me, there were girls banging each other in front of me, people getting boned in the closet right behind me. It was the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life, and I sang that song. According to Davis, he only agreed to begin tracking vocals when producer Toby Wright met his demands for an eight ball of coke. You, what a sin! What a paragraph! <laughs> you ever hear uh, about tour writers and like Madonna has to have all this lavish stuff in yes, her, her dressing room and whatnot? Yeah. Uh, that's for like performing a show. Like she's having this ready so she can get in the zone to go to a show. Jonathan Davis is having to sing about like whatever fucked up shit he is <laughs> at the for the album opener, and he's like hearing people suck and fuck all around him in a vocal booth where you just want like quiet outside of you, you know, I feel like it, it adds to the chaos of this album a, a little bit. Yeah. Like you don't hear any of that bleeding through, at least not that I could tell, Yeah, but, uh, it's, it, it, it goes with the, I guess the, the theme of excess from got to life, you know? Yes. Where these guys have the, the first two albums maybe were more focused on like trauma and dealing with that and just like overall like darkness. Yeah. Where this is there are a little little bits and pieces of like glimmers of not really hope, but just like 
something different. Not as dark. Yeah. Um, a few a few things from that corn TV thing that uh, that I, uh, obviously there, there was a bunch of people in the background uh, that you could see like while they were the studio was just like mm-hmm. packed with people. Um, uh, they uh, at one point uh, uh, Fred and Wes and I think John Otto are all in, all, all in the studio with them and they're talking about uh, uh, whenever Fred gave uh, Monkey his tattoo I think or head his tattoo. Oh. Um, wow. uh, he was incredibly fucked up and they were like ragging on Fred for being really shitty at tattoos. <laughs> and Fred is like standing in the corner with his like head down and Wes like jumps in and he's like, he's, he's pretty good now. He's oh, gotten a lot better. Yeah. Like Fred's like, to his Wes is like defending him. Like wow. he's, he's good now. He's good now. But apparently like those early tattoos that he was giving, he, he told them he was like good at tattoos and apparently he fucking sucked. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to like, Gave somewhere. them horrible tattoos, <laughs> uh, which is absolutely hilarious to me. Um, Ron Jeremy shows up and does a little interview with some of the members. He was one of the people that was sucking and fucking. It was just himself. Uh, well, it was self-suck. God damn it. <laughs> oh, did it? Oh, shit. I, Somebody I just... <laughs> asked him if he can still suck his own dick, and he says he can still self-suck. I literally have says he can self-suck <laughs> on it. Shout out to Nick Weiger from Doughboys. Hey. hey. <laughs> Fuck that up before, buddy. <laughs> uh, they were spending uh, over $1,000 a week on alcohol. Yes, yeah, I heard something about this. Yeah. That's why they're like their budget for this album was so astronomical because they kept blowing through it for like frivolous shit, drugs right? and yeah, who the fuck knows? Yeah. And a thousand dollars, like it doesn't sound like a lot, but the entire video they're drinking natty lights. So imagine a thousand dollars worth of natty lights. You can buy seventeen natty lights with one dollar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's so cheap. One of the interviews is talking to Jonathan, and he's like, he's like, but you don't do anything hardcore, right? And you see Jonathan Davis is like literally like rocking in his seat, and he's like, no, I don't do anything like, um, I don't like free base cocaine or anything. Uh, come to find out later, he was absolutely free basing cocaine. Yeah. yeah, that's um, oddly specific, Jonathan. Yeah, funny that <laughs> yeah. you should say that. Well, yeah. put that in your head. I definitely um, don't free base. Do and you? then they start jamming with Steve Vai, the uh, <laughs> no. the guitar. Guitarist uh, for the unbelievably perfect uh, theme song for the 90s X-Men cartoon. Wait, that was him? That was Steve Vai. I, I thought that was Ron Wasserman who did the uh, Power Rangers theme. Is that not correct? You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> I've always heard it was Steve Vai. Steve I, Vai. I, honestly, I could be wrong, but that's that's what I've always heard. Um, While we're on this tip, uh, the Spider-Man animated series back in the 90s was also... It was... Uh, that theme was written by like the edge from U two, I think. Really? Yeah. No, oh, that's weird. Okay, yeah. Apparently, you're right, Ron Wasserman. Why did I swear to God I've heard that that was Steve Vai? Maybe that was just a, a rumor back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that sucks. I'm no longer interested in this. Let's <laughs> turn this off. You don't fuck this album. <laughs> uh, yeah. You got any more notes? I do. Uh, before we start here. Um, we have to address the difference in the album then versus how it is now, right? Right. So uh, for younger listeners or for maybe people who uh, grew up with new metal but just didn't own this album, uh, the original physical release of Follow the Leader actually had 25 tracks. And if you're looking at your Spotify or Apple Music or, or whatever, and you're like, oh, but I've only got 14 tracks listed here. There's a reason for that. <laughs> so the album starts 
or the, the original pressing uh, started with 12 silent tracks. They were all about five seconds long, just pure silence. So if you put it in your disc changer, you'd have one solid minute yeah. of just silence. I remember buying this and being so confused and thought I got like a fucked up CD whenever I got this. Well, even the track listing on the back of the album starts with track number 13 and takes you all the oh, way yeah. up through uh, whatever, um, you know, uh, 13 tracks is from that. Was that 26 or whatever? Then there was a hidden track as well. That's not factored into that. Um, But in interviews, Jonathan Davis mentioned that he was very superstitious. It did (laughs) not want to end an album with track 13, but he was okay. Like starting it with 13 tracks. And then also one of those tracks is a hidden track. So you could have just made that an actual track. Like if you look it up on a streaming service now, it's just 14 tracks. So it seems like they went to a lot of extra effort for this thing that doesn't make sense. But also, I kind of think it's like a joke. Also, they were high as fuck. Yeah, I think, yeah. This, yeah. Is a, this was a... Everyone was spun out on a three-day bender and was like, dude, we should do like the first 13 tracks or five seconds long. I, I wonder if there was like a... a yeah, they were like, okay, dude. Fine. All right, Fieldy. Fucking goddammit. Um, go tighten your strings. Uh, I, I wonder if there was a like an issue where like toward the end of the recording process, if like... Jonathan Davis was like, how many tracks do we have? And Toby Wright was like, uh, we've got, this would, uh, this is the uh, 13th. And then you've got that hidden one. He's like, oh, no, no, we can't do that. We can't, guys, we can't do it. We can't. He's just freaking out. He's like, it's fucking fine. We'll just put some silence at the beginning of it. God damn. Roth Robinson's kidney punching. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's, it's a little bit like odd to me. This is the first time I've listened to this album with the tracks numbered the way they are. Right. So it throws me off every time because I'm like, oh, yeah, like track 18 is this. And then it's like, oh, we don't even have a track 18. But, um, yeah, I just thought that was kind of like a a weird way to listen back to it, even though the tracks are in the same fucking order. (laughs) And you can just listen. You can go straight to the hidden track and just listen to it by itself. Uh, It's it's still taking some some getting used to. Uh, The album had four singles released. Uh, the first one was All in the Family. Weird. Which I remember because I remember that being played on the radio, at least in oh, really? in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, this was a, a big hit on The Edge back in the day. It's like, there's a new song from Korn. And I was like, not only is this good, it just it absolutely lives up to whatever hype was surrounding a new Korn song. Plus, it has Limp Bizkit, this new band I've just discovered as like part of that equation. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I fucking loved it, dude. They must have censored the shit out of that song. Yep. They sure did. But it was one of those, th- I can't remember if they like uh, switched the cursing with like animal noises or if they, they just like flipped it around or if it was just beeps or whatever. Yeah. Uh, second single was Got the Life. The third was Freak on a Leash. Um, and then, uh, so I, I read that there's four singles released, but then I saw like, there were five later in that same Wikipedia article. So BBK and then Children of the Corn were listed as singles huh. as well, but I don't remember those getting radio play. I, yeah. I do fucking love the song BBK, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember ever hearing it on, on the radio. Um, the the album followed the leader. I mean, it solidifies Korn standing as the leader of new metal at this point, and everyone oh, else okay, is just kind of like uh, following behind them as the leader, you know? Right. Uh, and then, as you said, the cover art uh, illustrated by Greg Capullo with Todd McFarlane and Brian Haberlin. Um, everyone always miscredits that to Todd McFarlane and it was like through his production company, but you know, you got to give credit where it's due, you know? Sure. Todd, he built an empire like, like his, like fuck his toy empire alone. Like his, like 
the man's prolific as far as uh, like marketing and, and such. It is funny though that like Corn seems so jazzed about working with Todd McFarlane. They called him like you said. They compared him to the Doors, and they're like, "Dude, we want you. <laughs> we need to have you do this cover. We're so hyped for it." And Todd, Todd McFarlane is just like, "Guys, you got me." On inks, just the inks, and then like everybody else is gonna handle everything else. I did think that was a uh, that was kind of funny. Yeah, uh, and then you know this is the third Corn album, so we we kind of know what Corn sounds like. Um, not a yeah. whole lot has changed here, uh, though there might be some like little differences here and there. There's a little bit more one. like a like a production, like kind of electronic digital production going on. Yeah, it does sound um, a bit more crisp, but also yeah. uh, that doesn't take away from the heaviness. No, not at all. Of it, I don't think. Uh, but uh, yeah, total album length uh, is about 70 minutes long. And uh, yeah, do you want to just rip into it? Let's rock and roll. Hell yeah, dude. First track is It's On. Yeah. I remember. So this was track 13 back in the day. Yeah. And I don't remember listening to the song very much. I think I was just like on my way to listen to like Got the Life and All in the Family. Right. But re-listening to this think this might be my favorite song on the album i have a similar thought i've song fucking rules it i can't believe i have not listened to the song throughout my lifetime i know because like this build-up is so good yeah it's like it sounds like corn you've got this like kind of muted guitar creepy vibes yeah for sure those drums are just pounding that extra like guitar effect that Here sounds like that watery Does he just say corn? Is that I think he said. I think he says, "Come on, I'm I, I pulling up genius here." Okay, come on, come on. Okay, yeah. Corn. It's like, but goddamn, this is heavy. The yeah. fucking low end on this. Like, if you listen to this uh, with like a really good st- uh, like sound system, the bass fucks. Yeah, the bass fucks in this song. Album. This, this little like swirling noise in the background. It's probably from a guitar or something. I don't know what where that comes from. Yeah. But it reminds me of some like Lip Biscuit stuff. A yeah, little bit. yeah, yeah. But like from Significant Other that comes out <laughs> right. ten albums from this evidently. Um, but it reminds me of like just like this how it has like that little like weird keyboardy noise or whatever. Yeah. It's just, just kind of like filler noise, but a fucking I love it. Here we go. God. Yeah. People getting sucked and fucked. Background as he's singing this. That's true. Yeah. While he was doing this, he was watching people fuck all around him. Yeah. That's, that's seems, cool. That's, I don't know. It seems intrusive to me. <laughs> I don't. I'd be down. <laughs> I'll do the sucking, fucking, or the singing. Hey, next time we record an episode. Here we go. I love this chorus. I like when he sings in this like uh, like register, because um, he doesn't always sing, uh, but, but like his voice that reminds me a lot of Good God from uh, Fa- yes. uh, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the last album, um, where it's like heavy and the chorus is still heavy, but it's got like a little bit of a, like melody in there, but not so much melody that it kind of like ruins the heaviness, you know? Yeah. Perfect balance. Uh, this album, when it came out, it uh, was released with a bonus disc called Family Values Extra Value CD. Yeah. And I bought this album at Best Buy 
and I didn't even know that was part of the equation. I just thought, well, I'm going to buy this album anyway. I just happened to be there. And I was talking about a bonus disc. I'm like, what the fuck? And so I uh, listened to it, obviously. It had like, like, it was like in the teens, the number of like bonus tracks wow. that were on there. But it had a lot of stuff. Like it had uh, Wissy Wig by Pitch Shifter was on there. Yeah, I think yeah, it had yeah. a, an Orgy song. The Kid Rock song. I think so. But it had like a lot of like good stuff. Yeah. That like turned me on to like new bands. Right. Uh, and that's like, it's just cool. It's, I I like that aspect of Corn them being like supportive of other bands like this. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of appropriate that the album is called Follow the Leader. They have this like tour CD essentially that they're yeah. just giving away with the purchase of the album. And it's yeah. like, here's here's our just followers, to promote, essentially. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fucking rad of them. Yeah. Farside was on there. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So even though Ross Robinson didn't produce this album, I love the vocals on this. And then, yeah. like, after I read that fact about, like, him, like, physically assaulting Jonathan <laughs> Davis as he's recording, makes sense because his, his vocals sound, to me consistent with the previous two albums. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cocaine helped too. Uh, cocaine. Cocaine <laughs> is, should be like the fourth producer on the album. <laughs> and we'll just let this roll over um, to uh, the next song, which is the hit Freak on a Leash. Freak on a Leash. Music video. Big, like Big time hit. Video. I'm, I'm really slurring my speech. Right. Uh, Stroke. <laughs> yep. Uh, this music video was directed by Todd McFarlane, and uh, I. Whenever you get a chance, maybe like later this week, watch the Freak on a Leash music video. Yeah. Because the animation, it looks like the Spawn animation, but there's so Spawn many animation? Spawn animation. <laughs> there's so many cuts. It's like he did not want to let more than like 48 frames go by before he like. Really? Cuts to a different thing. It's so rapid. It almost seems like one of those things you would do to um, prisoners, where like you capture them <laughs> yeah. and you like pin their eyelids back. <laughs> you just make them watch it. I felt like I was going to have a seizure Holy just from shit. watching that many cuts. It's just like boom, 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 boom. Like right. It's it's insane. He didn't want the animation to go on too long, <laughs> evidently. I I'll be honest with you. I don't really like this song. Yeah. I know what you say. I know what you're saying. I like the music video a lot. Like the live parts of this music video where the band is playing, they're in this like black room and these like shards of light are like piercing. Yeah, that's that that's fucking the part. Yeah. But um and then there's like some parts with like a CGI bullet that transitions from the animation to the real world and yeah. the band and whatnot. And John scats at the bullet, makes it dance. <laughs> so if you ever see yourself in a firefight, just start scatting, I guess. <laughs> but uh yeah, overall the song just doesn't really appeal to me that much. I've heard it a million times too. Yeah, and it just has become kind of like background a little bit for me, like where it's I know every note and every piece of this song that it kind of it's hard to be objective about it just because it's so ingrained into my brain. Yeah, but. I, I, I kind of like this part where the guitar kicks in. They're kind of like building up to get back to the chorus. Yeah. Uh, and I like the the bridge of the song, but I don't know. I, I feel like there are a lot of Corn fans that glommed onto the song in particular, and then Corn on their next album. To me, it seems like they had like a whole album worth of freaks on a leash, you know? Yeah. 
yeah issues I, I i didn't get into that one no I, I never bought it like the the tracks i heard on the radio from i'm like yeah no thanks yeah mid a little bit here we go gotta have that scat i mean he's good at it like it it shouldn't work but it does it does yeah like the the guitar here such a corn guitar. Yeah. But I do so, like this part here. Yeah. I just like the repetition of it. It really works. Yeah. That's my stank face. Mm-hmm. And see, like, this part I like. Like, yeah. the whole bridge, I think, is good. <laughs> and it just occurred to me that Got the Life was the first single... In the timeline of like, I guess the order of release where the, the singles come out, that was a huge hit. This would be the the next one in sequence, and this one I believe got a lot of play on TRL as well. But there's like a whole generation of people that listen to boy bands that got to see a metal guy scatting for the first time. Yeah, God what, bless it. What must that have been like? You know, <laughs> like wait, what? And he plays bagpipes. What? <laughs> That's what more more new metal bands needed stuff like Jonathan Davis, where it was just uh, he wears kilts, plays bagpipes, and scats. Any questions? <laughs> and we'll let this roll through to uh, Got the Life, which out of out of the uh, I, I would consider Freak on a Leash and Got the Life the two like big songs from this. You know, mm-hmm. um, I do like this song a lot better than. Uh, Freak on a Leash. This song I still hear on the radio from time to time, and I like it every time. Like, I could see myself getting bored with this if I heard it, like, consistently over a 24-hour period. Right. But that's not my reality. It's because of that disco beat, right? It's that disco beat. <laughs> yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking good, dude. Like, it shouldn't work. David Silver is a phenomenal drummer. He is, yeah. Amazing drummer. He's got a nice swing to his, his drumming and whatnot. Yeah. Fieldy just trying his best. <laughs> I'll be honest, like there are a number of moments throughout this album where I hear the bass and I'm like, oh, this is good. Like Okay, so this is this album here convinced me that they are doubling up the bass. Uh what do you mean? Fieldy is playing his clickety clacks, and then they're taking a bass that is actually tuned correctly and uh EQ'd correctly and uh playing actual bass lines with it. I have I, I, I listened to this with headphones carefully, and I am a bass player, so I can speak to this. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are two bass tracks. Because here's the thing: to get those. Cl- wait, wait, wait. Are you are you telling me you're a, a bass truther? Yeah. Okay. All right. Basing on. <laughs> I'm based. Um, uh, yeah. This, uh, that chorus is so good. I never get tired of it. I, I love like a, an opening hi-hat. I yeah. love it so fucking much. It's just, it adds so much to it. This is like such a happy song. It's like the happiest song. I know. Like, I, I feel like driving around in the summer with my windows down and just like, yeah. I feel like you could make this a kid's pop song and it would still fucking oh, yeah. rip. For sure. It'd be so fucking good. Um... No, so 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 in order to get those clickety clacks that that are just like excessive from from um, from Fieldy, 
you have to down tune your bass so much uh, that you, you're basically you're not getting so when you pluck a string it's supposed to make a tone right but when he's plucking his strings or hitting his strings it's just making the clacks okay I wondered about that. So in order to get that low, and this has a ton of low end in it, mm-hmm. so you're not going to be able to get that low end tone with the way his bass is tuned and set up. You can't do it. You just can't do it. Because um, there's a clear, clear um, low end uh, uh, progression that is being played along with like the guitars. Yeah. And I've listened to this like repeatedly, multiple songs, and this, this is the one that convinced me or this album convinced me. I'm like, 1,000%, they're doubling up the bass. And, okay. and they're doing the clacks, and then they're tuning the bass appropriately, and then probably still like a five-string bass, because it's got that, you know, that because the other guys are playing seven strings, mm-hmm. so you've got to have that extra lower register. Um, but yeah, for sure. And, and you can you can literally hear, like, if you listen real close, you can hear... Uh, like a bass like a bass line actually being played in the background while Fieldy is doing his clicks and there's no fucking way he is making the clicks with the consistent bass line yeah interesting I'm sure everyone cares about this <laughs> well real quick before we go to the next track yeah. I wanted to point out I it wasn't until I re-listened to the song for in preparation to record this episode of our show that I noticed the like kind of semi unusual structure for the song. It's like a very poppy song aesthetically, yeah. but the the structure of it is it has like the opening like it's like a chorus without vocals, but then by the time it gets to the verse, it does a verse and then it goes to a thing. It's like get your group, get your booty on or some shit like that. Right. But then it goes into another verse. And then we get to the chorus. So it's like a, a solid like minute, minute and a half before we get to the first chorus. Hmm. And then it, I think it repeats twice. Then we get the bridge, and then we get the chorus another couple of times. That so they, they like front load all the verses, and then it's just like, and then oh. we're just chorus and, and bridge, right? From there on out, it works. Yeah, it works. Like I, it, I had to listen to it carefully. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I, oh, what it was is I was watching the music video, and it, it seemed like the timeline of the video, like where they're performing on like some like colorful Ed Sullivan show backdrop or whatever right and then they get pissed off about it and it it seems like that happened way too early and i thought did they skip a verse did i listen to the actual album version of the song I'm like oh no they didn't huh. i never noticed it before so interesting yeah that's cool i guess anyway <laughs> we'll move on to track four next up dead bodies everywhere it's like such a metal title you know yeah. starts out with a lullaby <laughs> yeah <laughs> With a children's musical box. That's not at all creepy. No. Corn? Unusual for them. Corn with creepy children things? Come on. Well, I mean, like, going back to the cover of the album. Yeah. It's it's still children, but at least it's illustrated. Yeah. A child getting ready to jump off of a a ledge, but... Yeah. Still still very child-focused. And then Uh I thought, well, this is like the trilogy of Corn albums, right? It stops here. But then I remembered, like, the cover of Issues. There were, like, several covers, but the primary one's, like, a child's doll with stuffing ripped out of it and shit. Yeah. So I was like, well, what about the what after that? Have you I seen the cover for Requiem? 
uh, is that the... It's like a child's face, like, getting, getting crushed. Yeah. All in gray and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean... We don't know what that child did. Yeah. The child was pro-Hitler. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know, dude. Maybe he was... Biden. <laughs> you ever think about that? <laughs> It's a very specific sect of our, <laughs> our listening audience. I love the vocals on this chorus. <laughs> yes. Dr. Claw came in, <laughs> took a break from pestering Inspector Gadget to double up the vocals. I'll get you, Gadget. <laughs> and your eight bowls of cocaine. Okay. kind of hard to hear but this is one of the songs i think that you can hear the oh the bass the bass delineation there it works i mean yeah. whatever i'm not mad at it yeah do you think that was fieldy playing the the proper bass line in that case no okay <laughs> i don't i don't want to insult the bass community yeah. but there's uh uh, what would you call that? There's a, um, I guess a, a, I don't know if stereo stereotype is the right word, but uh, it's alleged that sometimes the bass players don't really play the bass, and then like it's the guitarist that writes the bass line over it in metal, in metal in particular. Yeah. Um, Most bass players suck. I say this, <laughs> I say this as a bass player. <laughs> I like the bass lines on on this album. Whomever plays it. Oh, they work. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just really the, the the clicky clacks are just like another percussive element yeah. to it. Uh, but you still, but still, for as much low end tone as this whole album has, there's no way you're getting that with the way he's got his bass set up to get yeah. those clacks. Mm -hmm. No way. What's happening? I like that they slowed it down. You know? Yeah. They really like get your head bobbing and shit. They're good at that. Oh yeah. They're a very, um, like, percussive metal band. Which, I mean, is new, yeah. is new metal, essentially. Yeah, it's good. It's not my favorite song, but... That was me. <laughs> I like this breakdown on this this last chorus or whatever. Yeah. I wonder if it's hard to write a chorus song on guitar where it's just like, okay, then I go. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's totally different than the last song we did. <laughs> there. Their guitar, the, the way that uh, Head and Monkey uh, construct their guitar parts is, is very, there's no other band that really does it like that. Because usually you have a rhythm and a, um, and a lead. Neither one of them fill those roles because they're both kind of rhythm guitarists, but not in the way that you think of a typical rhythm guitarist. It's really, it's really, it's really interesting. I, I actually really like the way they, they play together. I think it's really unique. Hi, my name is Monkey. I play uh, rhythm guitar and also uh, 
noises. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Head, and I also play rhythm guitar. Then <laughs> uh, Jesus is my boyfriend. <laughs> you know, like I'm an atheist. I don't. I don't care for religion at all. But it does seem like Head, and I guess Fieldy is like they're both religious. But I feel like really. they. Oh yeah. I didn't know that about Fieldy. Uh. I feel like they are more positive examples of being a Christian, I guess. Yeah, I've heard that... Oh, here. Whoops. Oh, we're on the next one. Uh, Children of the Corn, yeah. featuring Ice Cube. I've heard that uh, Head has toned the Christianity thing, like, way the fuck down. Yeah, I, I think I remember seeing, like, an article where he was just like, yeah, I kind of went... Like, I gave up a bunch wait, of addictions, so I got into it. This slaps. That weird little, like, laser sound. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> you just gave up at the end. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's weird him like singing like his like uh, with that intensity uh, when it, it feels like it the music isn't like really commiserate with the way he's singing throughout this song but I, I kind of enjoy that I didn't yeah. enjoy it when I was younger I didn't really like the song as much when I was younger for some reason yeah. but I really like it now especially Ice Cube's parts because it's like when the the band kicks in and it really like kind of bops <laughs> I like that it just says class clown. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a it's a bizarre song. It is. But I like it. I'm a. I'm kind of just okay on. I'm a, a little bit lukewarm, but I do think I liked it more this go around than I had in the past. Yeah. Uh, just because I have experienced more like hip hop and rap and whatnot since yeah. then. But I feel like the even Ice Cube's rap. Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. sorry. Right here. Why don't you step outside and feel me? <laughs> least like he's, yeah, he's threatening. <laughs> he like this little nerd. <laughs> Why don't you step outside and feel me? Everybody just laughs at him. He spikes his bagpipes <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> but uh, like, I don't know. There's something about the. Uh, I'm not like super into Ice Cube's. Uh, vocals on this. I guess not his vocals, yeah. but his uh the lyrics in particular. It just seems like right. he kind of dumbed it down a little bit for this like new metal song or whatever. Yeah. Um but that said, I do think it is one of the like more successful rap rock attempts because it, it kind of yeah. it, it works in both of those playgrounds. Like you've got the like electronic little like laser shit for like hip hop and then you've got Ice Cube of course, but then you've also got the new metal that Corn brings to it as right. well and 
the, the way they kind of fuse those together is interesting at the very least. Um, we brought up my mother earlier. Uh-oh. Is it this episode? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's all a big soup, yes. Uh, um, my mother um, was on an airplane Yeah. with Ice Cube, and she got a picture with him. Oh, really? And he's, like, standing there, like, throwing, <laughs> throwing up the deuce, and my mom's just like... <laughs> like with her arm around him, <laughs> smiling like glass cloud. Mother. You already know I'm a star. <laughs> Smile. I love it though. Like I have That's a picture awesome. of my mother and Ice Cube together. It's the best. But how was he? Was he nice? She said he was super nice. Yeah. He seems like a guy that like you know has that edge to him, but also he's probably just like a hard ass with a heart of gold. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know. He he has said some shit lately that's uh, pretty problematic. But uh, that they won't do. And are we there yet? Three. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I heard Be- about because it. of a specific group in Hollywood that won't let him do it. The people who rent the minivans. Uh huh. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. Oh god. Well, and he's also on that black Israelite thing, which black people are the true Jewish people. Oh wow. Yeah, he's on that thing. I didn't even know that was a thing. No, you didn't. Oh. Yeah, like. Uh, yeah. Generally, I don't. I don't. If you don't want to hate humanity, don't look up the black <laughs> Israelites. I think I won't. Yeah, I think I'll just uh, ignore. Uh, continue my uh, ignoring of uh, almost everything having to do with religion, except for Thor and Glycon, the one true god. Uh, Amen. Let's move on to track six. God, it's so weird. Track six. Uh, BBK. <laughs> I heard what you said about me on your podcast. Well, I. <laughs> Have they ever said what BBK stands for? Oh, yes, I know this. Big, I know this story. Big Black. Oh, Bye Bye Kids. What? Wait. No, on the, the article oh, that I or read. Or Big Black Cock. Yeah. The the article I read was, it's it's like what it stands for in porn, Big Black Cock. But it's corn, so they changed the C to a K. But it's supposed to be like some whiskey drink that Jonathan Davis liked. So they named the song after that. They changed the C to a K. And I don't know that it plays a role at all in the lyrics of the song. Right. But I think that the lyrics of the song are like being self-destructive and like maybe even like... Yeah, Big so Black hard. Cock. That's what I call a Jack and Coke. Those there little glasses they serve in Europe and everything. That's what I named it. Big Black Cock. And... I've, and <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's another song about me dealing with the pressures of this album and how I, you know, I'm trying to kill myself. But you know, do I really want to kill myself? Things I'm just questioning myself. Most of this is self-destructed. Yeah. Consistent. Okay. <laughs> I fucking love this song, though. Yeah. I I used to listen listen to this song all the time. Whoops. Eighteen. Yeah. This used to be track eighteen, and that's how I r- remember it in my brain. <laughs> oh, whatever that the eight. Just sitting there. Song. <laughs> yeah. Skipping it. Uh, yeah, that was another thing. It's like you'd have to like put the yeah. CD in. I just like hit forward a bunch. Yeah. I don't have time to wait one minute, sixty <laughs> consecutive seconds. I don't think so. Yeah, you can really hear the bass. Yeah, it's good. I love the like gallop. Of the like guitars and the drums and like the whole rhythm of this right. chorus. Yeah. I used to think he was saying this is gay, but he's saying this is a day. Oh. <laughs> this is gay. <laughs> yeah, this should be like a pride song. 
I can see it. If we have any uh, homosexual listeners out there, uh, you know, just suggest this to your Pride Parade Day committee. <laughs> Not Fajit. You don't want to do Fajit. No. I feel like that's... Uh, all in the family for sure. All, yeah. Just the end. Kind of just the end. And we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, uh, I cannot I, wait. I'm excited for that one. That, that song is one of the reasons I've wanted to do this podcast. <laughs> yep. I, see, this I like scatting. this like scatting here, but then rest his voice. Drop it out. Take a sip of tea. Spray it with some like drink some BBK. Yeah, <laughs> drink some BBK real quick, and then back at it. <laughs> Have you seen that video? <laughs> There's a video. <laughs> <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins playing and Billy Corgan like uh, they're doing like an instrumental kind of thing and Billy Corgan walks over to the side of the stage and picks up a bag of chips and dips and just says what? <laughs> swear to God what made you think of that? I don't know <laughs> well it was like taking the break oh okay <laughs> it was like taking a break but I just reminded me of Billy Corgan just <laughs> standing on the side of the stage eating chips with tip. Like. I mean, that's what you want is some nice thick dairy <laughs> on your vocal cords ah. when you're playing. Mixed with some, like, sharp tortilla yeah, chips. Yeah, absolutely. How could that go wrong? Oh, God. Okay, next up we've got uh, Pretty. I'm going to let it play through. Continuing the uncomfortable theme of sexual <laughs> violence within new metal. I purposely didn't look up any lyrics for this album either. It's just yeah. like, what good could come from it? You know, I saw pretty. I was like, uh-uh. I felt like they were like trying to trap me. It's like uh, an email that you get from a Nigerian prince. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not clicking on any fucking links on this <laughs> bullshit. Um, yeah. It's problematic as hell. And I don't like it. Hey, guys, look. Don't. Put sexual assault anything in your songs, please. <laughs> just don't. Just men of the world don't do it. Yeah. It's We don't need it. No one needs it. No one needs it. It's not fun to listen or to. Wants it. Yeah. Yeah. True. I mean like Like can you imagine being like, this is my favorite song? <laughs> well, it's like when I hear someone say that Joker is their favorite movie, I'm like, <sighs> but why? <laughs> but like what do you get out of the movie you know <laughs> like who are you identifying with yeah exactly <laughs> you know uh, this is a cautionary tale right? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I've only got a couple of notes for this one um, one of them is that this song sounds a bit like filler but still like pretty good filler as far yeah. as like some other new metal songs we've listened to by other bands even there's some filler tracks that you can just tell immediately, like a lot of that first Cold Chamber album. Same thing with that first Cold album. Yeah. This sounds like better. Maybe it's just like better produced, but yeah, it it it, it sounds okay aesthetically, but it's not engaging to me at all. Right. You know? And the contents of it, I just again, I'm just gonna straight up ignore I can't it. Jam, I can't jam to this because I know what he's saying. Like, yeah, I can't be like, yeah, all right, I'm gonna headbang to this, smashed and raped on the ba- on the bathroom floor. I, I, I don't want this. Nope, nope. It's um, kind of like that uh, that one Seven Dust song that I fucking loved, and then you told me what the lyrics were. I was like, I can't put this in good conscience on on any playlist, so I haven't. Nope. It's just, it's uncomfortable. Like, if somebody, like, walked in on you listening to this song and they caught their lyrics, 
they would have questions, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm just, it's for a podcast. Oh my God, it's worse than I thought, you know? Yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Don't, don't fully skip it yet. No. Um, because. I was trying to get before the R word came up. Oh, okay. Uh, but, you know, it's fine. There's a, uh, coming up to the bridge here. This, this is my other notice. The bridge reminds me a bit of like a biscuit esque buildup. Oh, yeah. We got a little bit of question. It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely something like they borrowed one of Wes's effects pedals. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they were there in the studio, right? Yeah, yeah, they were there. I like the music of this part. Yeah. Hesitant, hesitant to say anything about the lyrics. Yeah. I know it's like they're trying to be edgy, you know, and trying to be like dark and serious, but nobody fucking needs this. No. Like it's one thing when Jonathan talks about like his own personal experiences. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, because that's something he went through and he can relate and talk about it from an honest perspective. But when you're talking about like a woman that has had something happen to her, it sounds like you're exporting it um, as yeah. opposed to trying to make a legitimate like musical like an artistic expression or whatever yeah um, yeah that's kind of how I feel about like true crime stuff in general it's like yeah. it seems exploitative but very extremely you know you gotta have a new season of Serial or whatever I and know. here we go are we restarting the episode? The Mac Daddy. <laughs> okay. I have a feeling I've got a lot to say after this song. Okay. Yeah, we might have to pause it after the song so we yes. don't automatically sink forward. So, because the lyrics... I know every lyric. <laughs> I've got a lot to say about it. Yeah. You can't repeat all of them at the moment, but like... No. <laughs> but, I, I, I've got a lot of thoughts on this, but we'll, we'll, we'll hear it out. Well, let's let's talk about like the elephant in the room for our show. Is uh, this is the intro and outro yes. of the Nudist Colony podcast, and um, I feel like we both kind of arrived at the same point for choosing that because it's like there's so many reasons for this to be the perfect yes. way to approach the music for the show, right? First of all, uh, it's uh, straight up theft. Uh, we're taking, <laughs> repurposing the show, uh, or the song for the show. But also, it's called All in the Family, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you and I grew up together, more or less, right? Yeah. So, family that way. It's having the listeners come in. They're part of our family yeah, now. Yeah. There's the, the family aspect of these two bands, Corn and then Fred from Limp Biscuit coming together. Yeah. There's something juvenile about, a lot of stuff juvenile about the, the lyrics. Uh, and just like the overall vibe, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it just is a perfect way. Jonathan David said this is his least favorite song that they've ever I know. Done. I read that. I was like, no, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but I, I kind of understand it because they were saying that it disrupts the flow of the album, I guess. Right. And he also says we'll talk about the, the content of the lyrics. I have no but, problem there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. And I will explain why like, legitimately. <laughs> Yeah. Because they're obviously throwing like tons of homophobic slurs at each other. Um, and if it weren't for the last 
15, 20 seconds of the song. Yeah. I probably wouldn't like it. Right. We'll let it finish out, and then I'll explain We're, why. we're only halfway through the song yeah. at this point. Uh, there's no music video for this, even though this was a single. But the audience yeah. can go to YouTube, search All in the Family by Korn live. Yeah. And you get to see some footage from the uh, Family Values Tour. And they have a rotating stage. So, like, it looks like Biscuit just finished playing, and the stage is rotating. And so it's like the band members from Korn on the other side. It's so sad looking, too. <laughs> but it, it spins around, and they start playing All in the Family. And when, like this part, where Fred is rapping, Limp Biscuit is playing, and then it switches over to Corn for Jonathan Davis's part, and then they all play together at the end. It's just fucking nonsense, Incredible. but it's beautiful. Incredible. It's fucking beautiful. That I think that Fred's uh, delivery here fucking rules. Yeah. His rap sounds really good. And he's doing that scream that he hasn't done since $3 Bill, y'all. Yeah. Well, this is why, right? So it's just after that, they're on tour supporting that first album. But he's just like, <laughs> I love it. Timely reference. Winger. Yeah. Don't like that. Yeah, the, the bad F word. But. But. It's, so it's, it's stupid and it's juvenile, but it's like done on purpose. It's, it's also like a rap battle amongst like white guys yeah. that are not Eminem, right? So, <laughs> Jonathan just sounded like a demon. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Yeah, I've heard it a million times and it still cracks me up. And then we're we're rolling up to the the end of the the song now, right? To me, the redemption of this song. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. Here we go. It's kind of the same up to this point, but now. Okay, okay. So here's my here's my take on this song. Yes. Obviously, uh, it's like uh, that 90s juvenile homophobic, you're gay, F word, you know, like, um, and, and you're, they're throwing these insults back and forth. And, you know, Fred has that one really unfortunate lyric where he says, you're a F-A-G on a lower level. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he censors that live, though. A lot. I don't think they say any of the... Uh... The, the okay. bad words. That's line. good. Yeah. But at the end, when they are screaming about wanting to butt fuck each other and suck <laughs> each other off, <laughs> like if you didn't have that last 15 seconds, it would yeah. be like a really homophobic, like unfortunate song, right? Yeah. Like really juvenile, unfortunate, whatever. But it's the, still juvenile. It's still juvenile, yeah. but they end it with just like. We're, we're we're teasing each other. Yeah, fuck you, man. You're gay. Blah blah blah. Okay, let's just start making out and sucking <laughs> yeah, each other off. Yeah. It's it. What it seems like, it seems like two jocks are in a locker room. Yeah. They're rivals. They're like roasting each other poorly. But yeah. then like 
at a certain point, they get like so hot and bothered they cannot keep their hands off each other. You know, <laughs> they, just, they just start breaking, break down, and start fucking. That's that's the energy of it. That's that's why it works for me. That's why, and that's why it's like, a, in my opinion, I'm not exaggerating. I think it's a brilliant song. Yeah, I, I genuinely do because it, it because of that last like 15 seconds, they totally flip the script on everybody, and it becomes. Not a homophobic song, but sort of repressed homosexuality. Yes, yeah. And like how it like builds up and then just like releases. And I think it works in particular because the music is so heavy and yeah. their, their vocal takes are so heavy at that point that it's so – it makes it so cartoonishly like – Agro-masculine. Yeah, yeah. That that's why it works, you yeah. know? Um yeah, because if they just like simply sang it in a soft voice, it would it would that would it would it not would, hit as hard, you yeah, know. Or if they just rapped it or something, yeah, yeah, it, it would not it would not uh, it would not work. But goddamn, does it does it just? Fucking... <laughs> I love it so much. I've loved it since the first day I heard it, and uh, I will love it until the day I die. Yeah, this is not a a skippable song to me. If I hear that in the rotation somewhere, I'm just like, well, I, I guess I'm going to clear my schedule for the next. Four, four and a half minutes, whatever the fuck it is. I'm curious to see what uh, uh, Genius has to say about the line, and I'll butt fuck you. <laughs> is it annotated? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Unreviewed annotation. Fruity as hell. <laughs> the reviews are in. <laughs> it would be wild to like have somebody who... N- didn't listen to new metal back in the day or somebody who's like never heard this song before yeah play this for them i know they would have to have a poor reaction to it just because of like the the homophobic lyrics or whatever right but like again context is key yes for this look neither of us are gay but i feel like even i feel like this reaches across the aisle to that audience to be like i don't know this seems I think it's not wild, but this does seem like a pro-gay song. It does. <laughs> it does. It sounds like two men who are su- trying to suppress their homosexuality, and at the end, they just can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. There, there's a uh, there's this metal band called Bro Job. That's <laughs> like uh, I think I think maybe it's just like a guy who writes uh, a bunch of like music, and he has these different vocalists come in and, and do these do the vocals but the the lyrics are like ultra ultra gay yeah like so like pornographically gay <laughs> that i fucking love it it's just like anything that's like to a level of cartoonish buffoonery right it's just like how can you not like this i you know? know yeah when so, you take it past a certain point it becomes <laughs> it's like parody you can't yeah. take it seriously anymore yeah um and i feel like that song is just like the perfect example of it love it love yeah. it yeah it is weird though to hear songs nowadays with like rappers where they they use the the bad f word. You're like, guys, it's 2023. Right. We're like, what are we doing? Like, if you yeah. hear a song with Eminem and he does that, it's like you have to know. I think this he's. Sucks. I think he's backed he's, off. He's, of all he's that come now. around on yeah. it, yeah. But even still, like 20 2019 is still kind of late in the game to do that. But you know, yeah. we got to make progress or take progress where we can get it. So, sure. Yeah. And. Uh, I think he's an ally. <laughs> to, to my knowledge, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, you you could. Look I don't think at, he genuinely hates gay people. I don't either. 
I mean, you look at his lyrics and it, it says one thing, but also I feel like that's also like a, that word was used interchangeably for yeah feelings that uh, maybe you could find in a, a different word. I'm not trying yeah. to make excuses. It's, like, it's like the like, N word you know. for 14 year old white kids in the 90s. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's, I take that back. I do not endorse that. But I mean, like it had a different context. It wasn't specifically trying to be degrading to gay people. Right. Even though it was, it was, it's like calling someone a artard. Like, yeah, I'm not shitting on, I'm not shitting on people with down syndrome, but like, it was just so ubiquitous that like, it was just like another word for stupid. Like, it was almost it was just its like, own, own meaning or whatever. Yeah. There was a time, uh, back uh, around this time in our, I think we were in like middle school, maybe. Yeah. Maybe high school, uh, where, um, our dear departed friend Preston, mm-hmm. uh, may he rest in power forever. He, <laughs> he, uh, was big into skateboarding. Yeah. And he was like one of the only people I knew that skateboarded. Yeah. And he had the whole look. He looked like he just straight <laughs> yes. from the streets of Seattle at that time. <laughs> yeah. Long hair, flannel, baggy jeans, all that stuff. And there's one time where uh, I did something like we would all like razz each other. And there's one time he called me a poser. And I was like, oh, I'm not at all insulted. You think I am, but I'm not. I was like, this is what that feels like, you know? Yeah. So I, I feel like that's kind of a, a good stand-in for, like, to him, Poser was, like, a big insult, but to right. me, it, like, meant nothing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 like, it's the same word, but different context for both of us. That's yeah. kind of, like, what I was getting with the, uh, the, the bad F word yeah. that they used here. But uh, all that to say... All of the family is a fucking great song, and if if we have to send a new metal song to outer space to let the aliens know, it's, it's that this one. is the one. It's the this one. This is the one, baby. This is the peak. We've hit. We have hit <laughs> the apex of the apex. Yeah. Like we are at the mountaintop. Yeah. Um. They said they would butt fuck us. They're, <laughs> they're hip to our technology. Anal probes to go. <laughs> that song brings about like intergalactic peace. <laughs> <laughs> Bring us the one oh. called Durst. <laughs> uh, wow. I feel okay. like we could talk about this song forever, but I, I we, we simply have to move we on. To but move on. Uh, yeah, that was track eight, All in the Family. We'll move on. Track nine, Reclaim My Place. What do you think about this song? I like this song. I, I like too. how it starts, too. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I just like the way he says, what the fuck? It's, yeah. It's like he's genuinely scared. Like, what the fuck? I, I feel like that's what he would say when he gets in the vocal booth and people are sucking and fucking and doing blow <laughs> and shit. Um, I like the song a lot. Um, yeah. I, I feel like they lost a little bit of momentum in the album flow with, like, putting, putting, putting pretty uh, in between, like, BBK and All in the Family. Yeah. Oh. It just occurred to me. Jonathan Davis doesn't like all of the family. Didn't say shit about pretty. Like, he didn't have any... He didn't want to backpedal that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, back to Reclaim My Place. I like this song a lot. Uh, I like the chorus. I think it's very catchy. Seems like it has the makings of, like, a hit. But yeah. This is, like, my favorite corn like, formula song. Like, where it's heavy and then it's got the more melodic but not again like sort of like uh uh what was it? uh it's on or good god where you have this heavy sludgy 
And then you kind of have this big soaring, like more melodic chorus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. It's like my favorite title corn song. Yeah. If they can hit like a soaring chorus. Yeah. By the way, if you go to Six Flags, you got to make sure you hit soaring chorus. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Um, but yeah, Corey is really good at that. They're really good at like breakdowns. Um, I'm trying to remember how, what the bridge of this song looks like. We're not even halfway through this song. We're like getting to a bridge. I know. I think there's like a long outro if I'm, uh, maybe, I don't know. Or there's just this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, I think Corn is good at um, like the dynamics of bringing you know bringing the energy up, dropping it back down, and then like slowly building it up, and then just like releasing, you know. Yeah. But Corn is good at it. The kings of that is Limp Biscuit, without question. Oh yeah. Um, the way they can build and layer a song and just like explode at the end <laughs> is yeah, it's yeah, perfection, perfection. <laughs> It's that gif of uh, fucking Michael Fassbender. <laughs> Perfection. I want the real corn. I said the real corn. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, yeah. That was crazy. At that, at that, like, hit, there was a flash of lightning outside. Oh, really? Starting to storm here. Even nature knows. <laughs> When it's core time, it don't fuck around. <laughs> the uh, the bass that's being slapped here, it has. Does it have an effect on it? It sounds like maybe a flanger or a phaser or some shit. Maybe not. Yeah, I think you're right. But you hear the hear the bass line below that. Wait, hold on. I'm going to rewind just a second. Rewind. You can hear it after this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't like match up his click with his clicks. It sounds like it's following the guitar. Yeah. Right? So it's, yeah, for sure. Double like, up. They write all the songs, everything's good to go, and uh, it's like, oh, shit, uh, Fieldy, we need you to get in there and do a click pass real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this is one of the songs that has like a double breakdown, kind of like oh. uh, Fajit does. They're pretty good at that. Like, yeah. Like, sometimes it seems like tempting fate. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like... <laughs> You got one solid breakdown. You're going to go for another one? Okay. Oh, this one rolls too? Fuck. All right. I forgot who you were. I mean, there are no Deftones where they just cut out. <laughs> Come back in. <laughs> the old Deftones one too. Yeah, I like this breakdown a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like there's a growl bass line that follows. Yeah. yeah, it's for sure. It's confirmed. Confirmed. You'll do your own notice. <laughs> well, that was track nine, Reclaim My Place. We can move on to track ten, titled Justin. Oh, yeah, I forgot. There's a weird little... <laughs> like Leonard Skinner. <laughs> so Justin is an... Uh, Interesting I want to say a, a new one to me, but I've heard... I've owned this album. I've 
certainly heard it at least maybe once or twice in the past. But uh, kind of a revelation for me. Um, before you tell me what the song is about and ruin it. Uh, I don't know. What I do want to say that uh, I like the song quite a too. bit. Yeah. Um, I feel like the... Uh, I like his, uh, 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 the chorus. <laughs> yeah. He has these cool like, opening chime-ins or whatever. Fuck all that bullshit. bullshit. Corn. <laughs> it's a, in my head canon. It's corn. The beginning of the song. Oh, we never talked about it. Uh, how do you feel about It's On being the opening track? Like, Love it. It works as an intro for you? Yeah, for sure. Same. Same. I, I like to build up to it and all that shit. Well, we talked about it. Yep. All right. <laughs> Back to Justin here. I, I read somewhere that the lyrics are, or I guess the, the song is named Justin because one of their fans was a, uh, a young boy named Justin. And they met him. They liked him. And he had like some type of debilitating disease and he like passed before this album came out I think yeah I like this I love that I like this chorus too has a really good groove to it yeah he does a lot more playing around with his lyrics um, which I appreciate I feel like that that vocal effect they have on the chorus just then they, they kind of like rotate the instruments as to like when that is implemented in a song because sometimes the guitar sounds like that oh yeah and they do that on uh, was it BBK where they do the lower where they do the Dr. Claw voice oh uh, that was Dead Bodies Everywhere okay yeah I love that I don't know why <laughs> I really appreciate that it's just interesting to listen to yeah. and it sounds good Yeah, this is cool. Heavy. Uh-huh. You owned this album back in the day, right? Oh. I bought this like day one. For Did sure. you? Yeah. You had all three. Yeah. That's the first one. Okay. I think I, I only had uh, uh, Life is Peachy. Is that the second one? Yeah. 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 Life is Peachy and then this one. I love this album. Life is Peachy is the best. It's got some good tracks on it, but there's a couple that I'm like kind of nibbling on. on but yeah. uh, follow the leader. Or follow the leader. Uh, Life is Peachy? Life is Peachy. There we go. Jesus Christ, my brain is, it's, it's shutting down, yeah. baby. <laughs> so we yep. we literally just o'clock. hit 10 o'clock. Yep. <laughs> Sundown. <laughs> so it's getting real low, Ross. <laughs> but I, I like this. I think it has a nice groove to it. Yeah. And it uh, has some momentum to it. Even though, like, corn doesn't ever, not ever, but, like, most of the time, they're kind of locked into this type of tempo. Yeah. When they're there, they can hit a groove that just, like, is worth it, you know? Yeah. If you're going to play at, like, a mid-tempo range, throw some groove in there, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Make it heavy and groovy, man. That's all... That's that's new metal for me, baby. Man, like Earthworm Jim said. Groovy! Yeah. 
His creator is problematic as well. Yeah. yeah. Can you believe this guy who made this worm astronaut is a real <laughs> piece of shit? Uh, the guy on. who did the music for it, I need to send you this video. Hold on. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Just real quick. Yeah. I need to send you this video. Um, there's this guy named Tommy Tallarico who is <laughs> okay. a video game music producer. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the wildest videos I've ever seen in my life. I, I I don't want to give too much away on it. Okay. I'll send it to you. Forewarning, it's about an hour long. Oh my god. Um I think it's uh <laughs> hold on. I I can tell everybody cuz I cuz I will recommend this um to to anyone because it is um it is it is an absolutely uh fascinating uh uh Okay, it's called Roblox underscore oof dot mp3. That's the oh, name of the no. video on, uh, on uh, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's two hours long. Oh, uh, God. But, okay, I know. Two hours long, you're thinking like, Jesus Christ, what? Trust me. It is a, it is a quick two hours because it is a mind-blowing deep dive into an absolute lunatic's psyche. And he's the guy who did the soundtrack for earthworm gym so it's not just watching someone play minecraft for two hours no oh okay that's what i was it's, worried about uh i uh, i would recommend okay, it's it's from a guy uh, a guy out there uh, uh, a youtube uh, creator called h bomber guy mm-hmm. um and i will just go ahead and say watch all of his videos because he is one of the if not the best youtuber making content right now mm-hmm. um but yes he did this two hour long video over the guy who did the Earthworm Jim soundtrack. And oh, it is <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> but you will lose your goddamn mind. Trust me, man. Uh, I'll just say this: since we're here at Earthworm Jimville, right? Okay. Um, you know what? Let's go ahead and play this next track, and I'll I'll just talk okay. over it. People will love yeah. it. Track eleven, Seed. Because uh, I don't have a note until like yeah three plus minutes into it. I don't. So. Uh, I was very excited uh, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, to see that the creator of Earthworm Jim had a Kickstarter because he was going to publish this like hardcover comic version of the video game. Like, so it tells the story okay. of the video game in in like comic form. It's great because I love his his artwork. Yeah, and yeah, I love great artist. his. Uh, I like Earthworm Jim in general. Yeah, and uh, I was very excited for it. So I backed in on a Kickstarter, oh, and God. then like. As it was, like, being printed and shipped to me, I was telling one of my friends that I know online about it, and he was like, yeah, um, he's a a pretty big homophobe. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And then I looked into it. I was like, god damn. He's a real, like, scumbag piece of shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, Outside of, like, I haven't seen him, like, heard him, like, physically assaulting anyone, but, like... He just, just seems a like a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, you gave him money, so that's good. That's good. That's good. He's had uh, Kickstarter since then, and I've not like pledged any money toward it. Had I known, I, I wouldn't have done it. But I do have the book here. It it looks not, it looks pretty nice. Really? But uh, it's, it's got like gold tipped edges of the pages and shit. It's it's Damn. pretty rad. But all that to yeah. say, I uh, won't support him anymore. Yeah. But uh, it, it, he seems like one of these fellas that like. Has a like an edge lord position, and then just digs his fucking heels in. I don't understand that at all, man. Like, I don't know why you would like prevent yourself from having fans. You know, 
Like what? What good could that right could come from that? Like that that and like fucking the, the Gina Car- Carano uh, <laughs> effect. That and uh, it's like you had Disney willing to give you TV shows and movies. Uh-huh. You were on all your way. you had to do was not post insane shit on yeah. the internet. Uh-huh. That's all you had to do. Yeah. Or at least wait. Get a season under your belt. <laughs> yeah. See how you feel. And that's like the other unfortunate thing. It's like, especially if you're working like like comics, you can do by yourself, right? You might yeah. speak with an editor or a publisher, but otherwise you kind of work in your own room. Yeah. And then you like electronically send out these files. So you have minimal interaction with other people. If you're on a movie set or TV or something like that, you're around people all the time. Like catering, hair, makeup, like sure. costuming, gaffers. Who's the best boy? I'm sorry, best person. <laughs> so, like, everybody is, like, you've got a whole spectrum of, like, genders and sexualities that you're around all the time, and yeah. you're just going to, like, hate on them? That's so, like, dehumanizing. Yeah. It's it's, it's impractical for a while. Like at, yeah. at, at, at the bare minimum, it's impractical, and it might cost you your job and your livelihood. Yeah. Two, don't be a fucking prick. Like, yeah. It's not that hard to not be a fucking prick and to mind your own goddamn business and not hate on other people. Wait, are you, are you, talking, I, you talking to me? I'm talking... I'm, look, uh, this is an intervention. Brandy, get in here. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you need to stop saying the R word. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's the one? <laughs> That's it. Uh, so my note for this song, Seed, that we've been ignoring and talking over, uh, the bridge to the song is fucking bonkers. I, I felt this, like I listened... This here? Um, it's on its way. Let's see oh, where okay. are we at. Uh, oh, this. yes. Okay. <laughs> Skrillex? It sounds like Noah's art came to life. <laughs> Skrillex is funny because they work with Skrillex later on in their career. Oh, you yeah, know? they do, don't they? Skrillex had a new album come out, and uh, actually, like a, like a double album come out, and it's like pretty fucking good. Interesting. <laughs> it's not uh, like dubstep, it's like more like EDM hip hop. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's really good. Oh, and he looks completely different now. I don't know if you've seen a recent picture of Skrillex. No, I remember him having like long hair. Yeah, he looked like a dirty like he looked like Jonathan Davis. Yeah. <laughs> this is another part of the song that cracks me up. <laughs> right here. <laughs> it just cuts out. <laughs> it catches me every time. Oh, he looks like uh, John Tim- or. Uh, John from uh, System of a Down. Oh, yeah, he kind of does, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look up a current picture of Skrillex. He looks completely different than he used to. <laughs> he looks like a handsome fella. He grew into his yeah. uh, his adulthood. This song is kind of, like, skippable for me as well, and I think yeah. I did in the past, but, like, I feel like this might be the first time I ever heard the bridge of Seed, because you don't forget something like that, nope. where it's, it's just, like, <laughs> straight-up animal noises. Just... I, 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 I love it, though. 
So that was track 11 seed. We'll move on to track 12, Cameltosis, featuring Trey Hardson from The Far Side. Love The Far Side. Really? I barely know yeah. anything from them. Oh, brother. You need to go listen to some Far Side. Seriously. It's, yeah. it's just like good 90s, like upbeat, fun hip hop. Oh, okay. Like in the in like it's in that like uh, tribe called Quest, BC oh. Boys, De La Soul kind of like uh, realm of hip hop. I always conflate tribe with De La Soul because they're they're like on the periphery of like my exposure to hip hop yeah. during that time. But I like the songs I hear from them. I like. I just can never keep them straight in my brain. Like right. who is who? Unless Q Tip comes on, then I'm like, oh, yeah. Q Tip, okay. Ha 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 ha! Vibrant thing. <laughs> what do you think about this song? I like it. Do you? I don't love it, but I mean, like, I, for a background thing, it's fine. I had a hard time like getting into this song. Yeah. I don't know why. I think the the chorus is a little weak. But I really like uh, his rapping over like what they're doing there. He like. My thought before, because it just says Trey Hardson on the uh, Wikipedia or whatever. Yeah. And like, what does it say? Oh, uh, Slim Kid 3 is how he's credited on the song. And I love another cunt. (laughs) And I I wondered, like, who that was. Because I I was not familiar with that name. And so I'm like, oh, maybe it's just like one of their friends that started rapping. <laughs> I was like, hey, he sounds confident. He sounds good. Like, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And then I looked up later. He's from the far side. I was like, uh. Yeah. You've heard, like, passing me by and stuff, right? Oh. That's that far him? side. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I changed my mind. I actually like the chorus on this song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I cannot ever love another cunt. Cunt. <laughs> really, like, dig down deep. Something weird about that that I I relate to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for a cat. <laughs> the, the guitar here sounds kind of like atypical of what you would expect from corn. Yeah, it's like a little bit zippy. Doesn't sound bad. It just doesn't fully sound like a corn song to me, you know. Yeah, you're right. And I feel like the drums are programmed as well. I kind of like the sitar that comes in here. <laughs> they brought in George Harrison. Yeah, one of the last things he recorded. <laughs> the only sitar player, anyway. <laughs> Not Ravi Shankar. They brought in George Harrison. Oh, <laughs> uh, you look close enough, George. Sit down. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think it's I think the there the really good far side. I think it's called uh, uh, it's. Hold on, I can tell you. I think it's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell it? Okay, yeah, bizarre ride to the far side. I almost had that. Um, ninety-two, uh, bizarre ride to the far side. Uh, oh, okay. Fucking. Classic front to back. I wonder if they're from California as well. Ice Cube, you've got the far side. Maybe it's just like that California connection, I you know? I think so. They're from the 
far yeah. side of the United yeah, States. Yeah, because they have a, they have an album called Lab Cab in California. So what? I assume so. Uh, <laughs> they're from Minnesota. We just want to uh, go there. Yeah, they're from LA. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and like Fat Lip is like probably their like. Sub forty one. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, Fat Lip is like kind of like the Q-tip of their group. He's sort of like oh, the, okay. the breakout one a little bit, but. Gotcha. Um. Yeah. Well, that was track twelve. We'll move on to unlucky track thirteen. This one is called My Gift to You. This is the longest track on this album. 7 minutes, 16 seconds of fury and power. <laughs> Once we get started, that is. Here yeah. we go. We're getting queued up with the bagging pipes. How do you feel about this one? It's all right. Like, it sounds... Like, this part sounds epic. Yeah. Like, this could... It sounds to me like this could be a, a closing song at an right. arena or whatever. And then they come out for, you know, Got the Life and Adidas and whatnot for the, the fucking yeah. encore. But it's a very long song. <laughs> I don't know that it's... Yeah, I think it, it doesn't need uh, all the time. You know, uh, I would say... Uh, we haven't got there in the timeline yet, but uh, in the, the canon of my life, I would say that Slipknot is my favorite band. Uh, yeah. In particular, those first two albums, like pre-spoilers for reviews we won't get to probably in this calendar year. But uh, <laughs> I, I love those albums so much. But like the more modern stuff they release, it seems like almost every other track they release on an album has like a minute and a half buildup on on just like middle songs yeah. on an album. It's like we can just like get to it. Yeah. That's kind of how this song feels to me. Yeah. Or put it as like a little interstitial, um, like uh, uh, audio or uh, instrumental track or something, like a thirty-second minute long, you know, just kind of like jam around, and then so it doesn't run into like a full song, a full like whatever. You know, does that make sense? Jonathan, just do uh, umbaka paka and then uh, horsey noise. I'm gonna come and punch you in the fucking mouth. <laughs> But like it, it does seem like they they're kind of gassed at this point, right? Yeah. Not that they sound like they're lazy. It just sounds like they're jamming around and they're just like playing a yeah. slow stuff. We gotta we're contractually obligated to have a thirteenth track on this album. Was earache my eye a hidden track? It was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this this makes sense for an uh, for an outro or for like a, a final song. This makes yeah. sense. I get it. Uh, let's see. It uh, on the original album, it started uh, at ten minutes fifty seconds. After two minutes of silence, after a, this song is over. So if you wanted to listen to that Cheech and Chong cover, oh, okay, yeah. you would have to like wade through all of this by ho- pressing and holding at a contraption the fast forward button. Yeah. And God for fucking bid, <laughs> you let go. Because oftentimes the fast forward button was just the skip track button. Yep. And it's either going to go back to the beginning of the album, of which there are 12 silent tracks. <laughs> yeah. You got to press You got to press that button to skip through all that 25 shit. 25 times. 25 times. <laughs> or it's going to go to the next disc uh, yeah. in an adjacent tray. Unless you were lucky enough to have the CD players that could go from one backwards. 
Wow. Or go to the negatives. You remember those CDs? That, that was going to the negatives. Wasn't there a Bloodhound Gang album that did that? I think so. Yeah. yeah there's, there's quite a few that did that. And it's always weird when you find that out. When you'd accidentally like be going back and you'd go into the negative, you'd be like, what? what, 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 what? And when it works with one album, you're like, well, I guess I'll have to search through all of my other ones. Yeah. And there was no internet was... to like see if that was the case. No. Like You would just stumble across something sometimes. But that's kind of the fun of it, you know? Yeah, that's um, true. It's yeah. like when you watch a movie from like 20 years ago, back before the Marvel Cinematic Universe like really made it popular yeah. by having uh, I hidden tracks. But yeah, uh, uh, post-credit scenes. Yeah. That has happened to me a couple of times. Uh, where I've watched movies from like the early 2000s or even like the 90s, and I was like, "Holy shit!" There's a there's a post credit scene oh. on this. The first movie I ever remember doing that was uh, the first Wayne's World. First Wayne's World, really? Yeah. If you watch all the way past the credits, it's just them sitting on the couch. Or like, are they not going home yet? Like, this is weird. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do. You guys just. Get out of here, okay? Like, go home. <laughs> oh, so they do like, like, like the first like the thing? Kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. While we're, well, I was just going to say, while we're here, yeah. uh, my friend Mitch over at the Terror Table, yeah. uh, it's a horror movie podcast, uh, he and his co-host Boozy are doing a new metal <laughs> month. Not Bluesy. Okay. Bluesy. The name of our former friend's dog. <laughs> May it rest in peace. That I no telling what horrors it found in it, in that house. Uh, but his co-host Boozy, uh, they they uh, have a uh, horror podcast called The Terror Table. Yeah. And uh, they're I've doing listened to a few of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're doing a new metal month. So Hell for yeah. listeners of our show, you might go check out The Terror Table. They're discussing new metal like horror movies. I think they're all horror movies. They. To my knowledge, they are. Yeah. Uh, but they're they're like horror movies with a new metal soundtrack, uh, of which there are some, <laughs> yeah. you know? Give and take uh, the quality of those. But uh, I believe the plan is for us to go on their show yeah. toward the end of the month. So uh, there's a lot to enjoy there, I hope. Do, do we know? Are we doing... Do we know what we're doing? Uh, I... Or we can talk about that afterwards. Yeah, we, we can talk about that off air. I think okay. we're still like trying to get that locked in. I, I believe we've got a couple of movies for sure, yeah. but I, I want to make sure that you and I are I feel like capable of watching I told those. me, but I wanted to make sure that that was the case. Uh, We're going to watch uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog and Tom and Jerry, the new one. Surprisingly new metal. With Hit Girl? <laughs> yeah. I watched that. I caught part of it on TV when I was on vacation. I was like, it's kind of okay. It's, <laughs> it's not too bad, you know? You know, it's yeah. fine, it's whatever. It is kind of perplexing. I feel like she's a big enough star she could just kind of write her own ticket. I don't know what the appeal to Tom and Jerry was for her, but maybe she's got, like, nieces or nephews or whatever that, like, I think she just needed money. I think she needed to work. That can't be it. There's got to be something larger at... <laughs> what is her the name? Words. Chloe Grace Moretz? Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. I always get her confused with ha- Hayden Pantier. <laughs> Pantier? <laughs> and how you say it? Panatier. Panatier. Not, not like Pantier. Like, there's a... a there's a wind flowing like, betwixt her legs. I like panty air better. I mean, I kind of do now. Fuck. Camel are you going to see that, that new Scream movie? Scream 6? I need to see, like, uh, <laughs> Scream's 2 through 6. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the first one. Yeah. Interesting. 
Okay, so we're coming up in the last song, Earache, My Eye, originally a song from Cheech and Chong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said I... Oh, wait, yeah. There's a little interstitial. We, we have to listen to this. This really need one. cracks me up so much. Yeah. yeah. She's dying. I feel like it's some of the band members yeah. like so, talking to... Six, nine, out of the double deuce. And you said something about a thong. Like, I feel like one of these guys is fieldy. I, I think so. What does this thing do? Oh, there it goes. Where are you going? This guy. I'm right here. Yeah. Where are you going? That guy. What are you doing? On the black and white trip? Uh-huh. Oh, got to get a Mexican on the black and white. Yeah. You know what it is? Of it's course. like an in-between thing. Like, oh, I didn't know I'm that. not black. Oh, I'm not white. Where's the switch? <laughs> I'm kind of, you know. Where's the switch? Is he, where's he's what? Latino, right? Black yeah. Oh, you got to get fixed up right over here. Dust. It's over here. It's dust. Danny, what up? Is that your lover? Yeah. <laughs> really? I love being Ritos. So, <laughs> the reason just... I don't barbecue on Wednesdays is because he fucking, fucking falls in the grill. What? You little beater. <laughs> Did he say. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? You little fucking toot. <laughs> it's all been leading to this. Hey, now you can do it on command. You know, you do whatever you want. Talk to us. I don't want to give Kaku his name. Do you remember our friend that had a younger brother that could said, fart on command? Believe that? I said, uh, what? Goes, oh, you go our friend car? Richard, he had a younger brother who could fart on command. Man, Richard's getting brought up a lot on this he episode. Is. That's He's all over this bad uh, Wayne? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I dug that from outside of my, like, damaged brain, but it was still there. I don't remember him doing that in particular, yeah. but I, could, I will take could, your word for he it. He could literally, like, stand, and you could hear air suck up into his <laughs> asshole, and then he could fart it back out. <laughs> what America does have talent. Yeah. <laughs> Were you familiar? So, yeah, go ahead. Do you know that when they play this live, they all switch instruments? Oh, really? Yeah. Jonathan Davis play drums? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's how the song was recorded. That'd be kind of fun. It doesn't sound like it. No. But it sounds kind of like traditional corn. Yeah. Kind of, right? But, uh, were you familiar with this, like, the oh, original yes. song? Oh. Really? Oh, uh, well, oh, the original song. I, I, I'd heard it, like, a few times before. No. But, uh, not, I'm more familiar with this version. But yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Because I know there's a lot of like, like old white boomer males that were like, Chi Chi Chong, man. Hell yeah. He was listening to Chi Chi Chong back in the day. I guess not really boomers, but you know, like whatever. Like that generation. Our, like, our parent age generation that yeah. were, like, grew up in the 70s and were, like, ching, ching, ching. And, like, he's clearly talking about, like, cross-dressing and, like, queer-coded things. I did not even pay attention to the Oh, you <laughs> to the didn't? Oh, you haven't listened to the lyrics? Oh, man. Yeah, I wasn't, like, paying attention. Anyway. Yeah. I, I remember the part where he's, like, money, 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 money.
the other part. <laughs> yeah, um My mommy my mama talka to me tried to tell me how to live, but I don't listen to her cuz my head is like a sieve. My daddy, he disowned me cuz I wear my sister's clothes. He caught me in the bathroom with a pair of pantyhose. My basketball coach, he done kicked me off the team for wearing high heel sneakers cuz I'm acting like a queen. Gonna tie my pecker to a tree, to a tree, gonna tie my pecker to a tree. Huh. Well, he just likes woodpeckers. Yeah. Right. And cross-dressing. Yeah. That's fine. But now they're all like, the transes are coming after us. <laughs> they're going to trans your kids. It's fine. Look, we are listening to this shit back in the day. We're totally normal. Yeah, I'm fine. We don't have any, any issues. I don't know why, people, why parents get so uptight about like what their kids will listen to. It's fine. Let's just... It's been happening since the dawn of time, you goddamn assholes. Do you think, like, when uh, Johann Sebastian Bach drops it's, a hot hold on, mixtape? Hold on. Yeah. I'm sorry. I gotta, I gotta just. This. Uh, <laughs> that is sludgy right there. Yeah. This sounds like a Ross Robinson recording. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Rick James is in a crack house. <laughs> Hell yeah. Damn. I was just going to say, like, sure since, since parents have been freaking out over, like, their kids' music since time immemorial, right? Like, do you think when Johann Sebastian Bach dropped his first mixtape, they got up in arms about it? Oh, for sure. Were he's like playing too many minor notes or too many minor chords? Yeah. Oh, it's from the devil. Yeah, there was even that. Seriously, not even a joke. There was that shit kind of shit going on back then, where like the the churches would like ban certain like <laughs> <laughs> certain like progressions and uh, like. Uh, um, They would ban certain things in music because it yeah. sounded devilish. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on that Slayer episode. Yes. Diabolus and Musica. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, but they got an they got an early feature from Drake, so it all it all played out, you know? Hey. Yeah. If we could all be so lucky. Hey, bock it to me, you know? Uh, so that Bobby was... Bobby Brown got an early... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that was followed with the leader by Korn, the third studio album from the band. Hell yeah. Completes the trilogy. And uh, what a way to go, you know? Oh, man. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about this, this album? How do you feel overall? This, we are officially in the big letters. We're in the mainstream. Korn is it. now in the mainstream. They're on TRL. Your mama knows the lyrics. Like... They're a thing. Um, new metal has officially entered the zeitgeist. Yeah. Um, or is the zeitgeist entered the zeitgeist? Whatever. Um, I uh, when this when this album came out, I liked it, but I still like 
because um uh uh god damn it why can't i think of the name of that it's after it's after life is peachy yeah uh life is peachy um is is still my favorite um i feel like that's a unimpeachable <laughs> i see what you it's did great. there and i have a lot of nostalgic ties to it this album i liked a lot of the songs but there was be songs that i would skip I, I really wouldn't skip hardly anything on life is peachy um i i just love that album um again though that was like really my uh a lot of nostalgia and it just hit me at a like really influential time in my life mm-hmm. um this one i'm a fan of like a solid three quarters and then there's like a quarter of the songs that I'm just kind of like, it's fine. I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't hit me in the same way. Yeah. Um, so if I were to give this like a score. Wait, real quick. Oh, wait. Um, oh. So since this is the first three, Pete, that we've had. Yeah. I went back through. I wrote down, cataloged all of our rankings oh. of the albums. Okay. Every album we've talked about so far, right? So I wanted to mention the corn scores that we've got. So for the self-titled, the the album that launched new metal, yeah, both of us gave it a five. Oh wow, okay. Uh, and then on life is peachy, you gave it a seven. I gave it a six. Okay. So just so we have a refresher of where we stand on this band to this point. I would have thought I would have given the self-titled a six, but who knows what I was thinking. It was probably high, dude. <laughs> oh my god! Um, no, um, this one I would give a. I'm gonna give it a six. A six, okay. I'm give it a six out of seven. It's it's I I really dig it. Outside of a few songs that I don't even really dislike, I just like am not like super super into. Um, yeah, I would I would I would give this a six. I I really enjoyed it. It's a seminal album for. Um, for new metal and it's got some absolute goddamn bangers mm-hmm. on bangers on it. Um so yeah, I think I think it deserves a 6. Um well, so I think this album completes a Corn trilogy that I'm completely satisfied with. I understand they've got albums after this. There are a few songs that I like after this in the Corn canon timeline mm-hmm. as well. Uh, matter of fact, on the next episode uh, of this podcast, on the next Hidden Track episode, you play a Corn song that's more modern, it's off their yeah. more recent album, uh, that we both liked. Yeah. So they could still make some good songs, oh, yeah. but yeah. it's kind of like all the stuff you and I are nostalgic for are on these first three efforts. Yeah. And this is a nostalgia podcast, so... Yeah. We just decided. Yep. <laughs> we just changed formats. <laughs> so uh, I'm right there with you. I'm also a six on this. I kept wondering, can I get this one up to a seven? And then the more times I listened back to it, I listened to like the first three or four tracks. I'm like, oh, man, I'm really like digging this. You know, yeah. even though uh, fucking um, that one song. Uh, Freak on a Leash. Freak on a Leash. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, even though I'm not big on that song. I like the breakdown. It's still a good I like thing. the, the music song. video. Like it's still it's not bad, like you said. Right. But there were more uh kind of just filler songs on yeah. it than I felt like I could like like if it was just that last track, just the long uh My Gift to You, if that was the only like indulgent song, I would grant that some grace and maybe sure. bump it up to a seven. But you know, I feel like a six is as 
about as good as I can get with. You could cut album. two songs. I don't have any songs in mind in particular, but you could cut two songs out of this and make it a seven. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Less is more sometimes, you know? True. Corn's like, well, we cut off the first 12 tracks. What more do you fucking want? <laughs> All right. Good point. Good point. Um, yeah. So both of us are in uh, the hand holding club on this one as well. Sure. We're both doing sixes for Corn's. Uh, I almost said freak on at least that time. Follow the leader. <laughs> Too many F's flying around. Um, and then for the next episode of Nudist Colony, as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we're talking about <laughs> Devil Without a Cause by Kid Rock. I'm going platinum. <laughs> oh, man. We are rampant. Okay. So with this album and the next one, we are going full sicko stupid mode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just for the record, look, Kid Rock, I 100% agree with his politics. <laughs> No, I think he's an absolute piece of shit, idiot, fucking goddamn loser ass moron. Yeah. I would be lying if I said that Devil Without a Cause was not a huge part of my life when it came out. Oh, yeah, same. Like, Kid Rock was everywhere. We we both were, like, crazy into that album. I think that was, like, if I didn't get the album... The weekend it released, it was sometime shortly thereafter. Like it was yeah. an anticipated event to get that. I think you album. got it like, like, like right when it came out, like within like a week or two of it yeah. coming out. And like we used to cruise around in your Dodge Spirit, Dodge Spirit, yeah, uh, the gray, <laughs> the gray aluminum <laughs> <laughs> paint peeling master of, of the road, yeah. RB sauce drenched <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the exterior of the car. Um, but I remember like when you first got that, we were driving and listening to it, and I was like, this is it. This is my life. <laughs> like, and I immediately went and bought uh, Devil Without a Cause, and I fucking loved it. Well, uh, uh, Kid Rock's Detroit neighbor, Eminem, just released an album around that time as well. So both of these oh, Detroit yeah, right. white rappers came out around the same time. And you and I had heard that there's an Eminem track on the album, but on the uh, track listing on the back of the CD, it didn't say featuring Eminem, so you had to like search for it. Right. And we were driving it back. Fuck off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we were driving. It's like a, a late. If it's not the last al- or last track, it's the track before. Right. Yeah. 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 We probably just save this for the next episode, but I'm halfway through the story. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, we were driving back in my busted ass car, listening to this in my busted ass stereo, trying to find this Eminem feature because we both wanted to hear. Like, what would that sound like? And we couldn't find it by the time we got to your house, and I dropped you off. So it's like, ah, it's all right. Well, it, maybe we skipped it or some shit. So I left your house, and then like, as I'm like half a mile from your house, I hear "fuck off," and yeah. I hear "yow, yow." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, fuck, this is it. So that was like the fir- the the next day when I saw you at school. That right. was like I made a beeline to. He's like, this song is called "Fuck Off." It has Eminem on it. It fucking rules. Oh, so man. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's gonna be the the next album that we discuss. That will also be on our Spotify playlist, uh, which you can find a link to that in the show notes. Uh, and uh, you can feel free to email us nudistpod at gmail Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at nudistpod. And then, uh, yeah, check out that Spotify playlist. There's some good stuff in there. A lot of bad stuff, but uh, there's some good stuff in, uh, in that. Hit shuffle. See what happens. Yeah. Is it going to be disappointing for you? Odds are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the good stuff's going to hit that much more, you know? Uh, hell yeah, dude. It's like when you sprinkle 
uh, sea salt on uh, mm. a, uh, a caramel cookie. Mm. You know, mm, talking my language. Just brings it, Kick brings it up. out that sweet ass flavor. You know. Bam. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's every word that I could possibly say at this point. Anything yep. else from you, Ross? Um, no. And get fucked. I don't have anything. I'm 40. Get fucked. <laughs> this is 40. Get fucked. <laughs> and I'll butt fuck you. And I'll butt fuck you. And I'll butt fuck you. I'll yeah. suck you. And I'll fuck you. I'll eat you. And I'll butt fuck you. And take my dinner face. Say so. Say what? Oh, because it's so. This is gonna end with the. Yeah. Stop the recording. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, bye. <laughs> oh, what was that? <laughs> a little fucking toot.